Hey guys, welcome back to Joe Coyo. Say, have you ever heard of the state of Franklin? You know, like North Carolina, South Carolina, Franklin. Well, I mean, you may have if you're somewhat of a student of history. Just, a, just didn't take much. It's one of those neat little apocryphal things that we that historians like to like to play with. And there have been books written about it. Of course, alternate histories and stuff. Well, this whole state of Franklin. I mean. I don't know. It depends on your point of view whether it was real or not. I mean, it had a it had a governor whose name was John Sevier. Um, the capital was in Jonesboro, Tennessee. Then in Greenville, Tennessee. Well, of course, Tennessee didn't exist yet. This is all before Tennessee existed. Well, there's some history behind this thing, and in case you don't know, you're in for kind of a treat. So. Washington County, North Carolina, does not exist, although it used to exist. It did at one point. It was on the very far western edge of North Carolina, and, and well, it was made up of people that were from the regulator movement that when, when the whole thing went down, they went out west, decided to create a new civilization, a new community, so to speak, and then... North Carolina took it over, called it Washington County, and then sold it to pay sold it to the federal government to pay for war debts. And so whenever the people of this area, this Washington County, felt like it's on the other side of the Appalachians, when they felt like they were no longer in charge of their own destiny, they decided to block all federal government claims and do their own thing. Now they are made up of counties, or it was made up of counties in southwest Virginia, eastern Tennessee, which was then western North Carolina, future Kentucky, Alabama, and part of Georgia. Now, they sought to become state number 14, the state of Franklin did, and they directly appealed to Benjamin Franklin himself, who basically said, thanks for thinking of me, but yeah, yeah, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm not going to back this, but th- thanks. I see you love me. And now the 14th was going, actually, their attempt was to become the first, like, real mountain state. But the 14th ended up being a different mountain state of rural, again, mountain people whenever Vermont joined. It wasn't Franklin. Now, the Franklinites may have tried to attract Ben Franklin to their cause, but their likely downfall, their likely doom, was when they repelled another founding father, Patrick Henry. Now, you may know him as the guy famous for the whole give me liberty or give me death speech. Well, for Patrick Henry, it seems that the whole independence and liberty thing, they're great for him, just not for other people, especially when the independence is going to, you know, cost him money. See, Patrick Henry, like Nearly all of those Virginia Titans, like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Madison Monroe, those dudes, well, he was a land surveyor, too, who got insanely rich finding western lands, surveying them for people to move in, as well as keeping some for himself. Basically doing what a lot of Johnston County people today have been complaining about for two decades when we see new subdivisions and housing developments being built overnight on old farmland, but that's another conversation. 
Now, besides being an influential founding father and land surveyor slash speculator, Henry also happened to be the governor of Virginia, a bit of a conflict of interest to be sure, but he was also dead set against a state of Franklin. It was going to be competition, perhaps. Henry was able to pass a law in Virginia that forbade anyone from trying to operate or create a new state from Virginia land or claimed by another entity. And so it's kind of interesting that he tried to pass a Virginia law that forbade people from doing the very thing that he did as a founding father during the Revolution. He basically said... He basically made illegal the very thing that he himself participated in and became famous for. But instead of a British colony, it was Virginia. And instead of King George III, it was him. Instead of British loss of money and influence, it was his loss of money and influence. So no, you cannot have your own state, Franklin. He even threatened war against him if they tried to have their own place. Now, this was not the first time that these guys, as I said before, tried to make their own place in the, over the Appalachian Mountains. In the 1770s, before the Revolution, a group of these over-mountain men, as they called themselves, had formed the, something called the Watauga Association, or known by some as the Watauga Republic, way past the reaches of North Carolina government New Bern. Upon learning about it, North Carolina's royal governor simply annexed the place moved in government officials, caught it with Washington County, and that was that. Many of these people were regulators. Several of those were leaders in the movement, like James Robertson of Shotwell Community near or outside of Clayton. But it was quashed. However, it formed the basis of the future Tennessee state, and Patrick Henry is dead, so <laughs> who won, right? Well... Washington County is not the only county that is one of those lost counties. There are several lost counties of North Carolina. But wait, this podcast is about Johnston County, and it, and it exists, right? Well, yeah, just wait for it. In addition to Washington County that they tried to turn into the state of Franklin, that eventually turned into Tennessee with the help of Johnston County regulators, well, there was also Albemarle County. North Carolina's first. It doesn't exist anymore. It was divided into Chowan, Currituck, Pasquotank, and Perquimans in 1668. Long story short, politics. Bath County, again, no longer exists. Formed in 1696, divided into Beaufort, originally called Pantico County, Hyde County, and Craven County. Out of Craven came Johnston. There was Clarendon County, formed at the mouth of the Cape Fear River in 1664, abandoned three years later in 1667. Doesn't exist either. These are all old counties before the Revolution and simply got divided due to population shifts and, po and politics. But, you know, you also have others that were ghosted for the same reason or for the name of the county maybe reminded them of their colonial past or both. Tryon County, for example, was named for Royal Governor William Tryon, as you can imagine. It was not really acceptable during the Revolution to have a county named after Royal Governor, so it was divided into Lincoln and Rutherford counties in 1779. John Stuart, the third Earl of Butte, 
had the honor of a North Carolina county named after him, but since he was blamed by most people in all the colonies for the creation of the Hated Stamp Act, well, it was divided into Franklin and Warren counties later on. Green County, not too far away from Johnston, was originally called Glasgow County. Now, Nathaniel Green, hero of the Revolutionary War when he chased Cornwallis through North Carolina and to his eventual surrender at Yorktown, Virginia, was awarded with green places everywhere. Green County, Greenville, North and South Carolina, and in Tennessee. Greensboro, North Carolina, along with a whole bunch of other ones. Well, the namesake of Glasgow County, which was, again, later called Green, was James Glasgow, North Carolina's first Secretary of State. But aside from being considerably less famous than Nathaniel Green, he was also caught up in a land fraud scandal. And in America's earliest years, land fraud was a pretty big deal since it usually involved surveyors and speculators who were generally pretty powerful people. Getting convicted of land fraud didn't generally involve death penalties like horse stealing did, but it did put you into the least list of people that we choose to forget, you know, the ones we're ashamed of. It's like getting your it's like putting your reputation in the Chateau Deef from the Count of Monte Cristo. Well, there was also um oh I don't know. There was also for a little while Cumberland County. Cumberland now that exists, it still exists, but but for a little while, Cumberland County called itself Fayette County during the French Revolution after the Marquis de Lafayette, hero of the Revolution. But, but the name never really caught on. So I, mean, I, can, I can hear Regina George from Mean Girls telling them to stop using Fayette County because it's never going to happen. Sorry. If you know Mean Girls, you know what I'm talking about. So they stopped calling themselves Fayette County and you stuck with their real name, Cumberland, and that was that. Um... Hey, there was also uh, oh, there was also Dobbs County, named for Royal Governor Arthur Dobbs. And again, after the Revolution, the names of royal governors were not so popular, and neither were references to the king. So the largest town in Dobbs County, Kingston, just simply dropped the G, becoming Kenston, and Dobbs County was split into Lenore and Glasgow that we just talked about counties. But. Those are all counties that were either created or dissolved because the proposals to do so were thought up and got enough conversation in lawmaking bodies to put the fate of the county to a vote either way. There are so many ideas and proposals that never make it that far. As we've discussed in this podcast a few times, Johnston County is one political body, one big one, but that by no means, no means, means that this county is even close to being homogeneous. If you have exposure to Johnston County history, you'll know that there are deep differences between Archer Lodge in the northeast and Benson to the southwest. Clayton and Smithfield, for example, no, they ain't the same place. Cleveland and Princeton, not the same place. The differences are not really as great as, say, Chapel Hill and the Orange County that it's inside of, or Raleigh and Zebulon, again, same county, but the differences are there nonetheless. But in 1886, some citizens of southern Nash County, southeast Wake County, southern Franklin, western Wilson, and northern 
Johnston were disaffected enough with their neighbors in their counties as to meet in consideration of separating from their respective counties and to join together to make a new one. Five representatives from each of those counties and one from Wilson came together because they were convinced that they were better together than they were apart in separate counties. So they had more identification and would be better for the whole to attach politically to what already existed economically, which was a confederation. They all they they all worked together more than they did with people from their counties. So the 24th of September, 1886, saw a very large crowd, according to the newspaper The Weekly Bud, meet at the home of the late James Bunn, son of a man named Bennett Bunn. Now, if you don't know, Bennett Bunn's a pretty big deal in southern Wake County, Wendell and Zebulon. The house still stands, by the way. You can go visit it. And it does weddings and even hosted WREL's 2015 hot air balloon launch. But this house, this same house in 1886, these men, respected businessmen, respected citizens, were going to set plans to launch a brand new county. And they even laid it out exactly how it was, where it was going to be. Beginning on the Tar River, south of Nash, up to Crooked Creek, up the Lewisburg Road to the Bunn Schoolhouse, on the way to the Wake Line, into Marks Creek Township, down to the Noose River, including the northern and western parts of Clayton, the Flowers area, Archer Lodge, to York's Bridge in Nash County, and it references a whole bunch of people's houses where you're supposed to take a turn. The Widow Johnson, for example, um, Colonel Mustard's, I don't know, place. Either way, they had a, the borders all drawn out. Didn't have a name, but they had all the borders drawn out. And they had even talked about making the little town of Arpsboro in northern Johnston County the county seat. So they, they've got really well-laid plans. Several representatives were to carry this petition for a new county to the General Assembly at its next meeting in October. This meeting and petition was drafted by a group of very well-connected and very well-respected members of society, thinking that these parts of these counties would benefit not only the residents of this new county, but the citizens of North Carolina as a whole. They're already connected. They felt there was no need to have artificial lines with familial connections and business connections supersede those. Logical, emotionless, well-planned, well-vetted, well-researched. Their ducks were in a row, so to speak, and it was carried to the General Assembly, this petition, and it never made it to committee, much less a general vote. They didn't even get to name it. The Scottish poet Robert Burns said, The best laid schemes of mice and men go often awry. Paraphrased, of course, because he's speaking with a Scottish brogue I'm not going to try to attempt. Basically saying that, you know, plans are one thing. This petition had the prosperity of others in mind, and is largely forgotten these days outside of this newspaper. I looked at the Smithfield Herald from the same years, saw no mention of it. You go to General Assembly records, 
And you can see where it's brought up and shot down. Now, when you have a petition with the prosperity of others in mind, and it's forgotten these days, well-planned, well-thought-out, logical and motionless, Facebook polls and online petitions created in the heat of a moment are not even on paper, but in a non-existent virtual world, and it will be overshadowed by the next new outrage-fueled petition within minutes, along with all the virtual signatures attached to it. I don't find these polls and petitions to be all that well thought out, generally. If this petition by these Johnston County residents got no attention, it seems to me that most virtual petitions deserve far less and should be treated for what they are, fleeting entertainment soon forgotten. Basically, somebody that we used to know. And that's that. Thanks, guys, for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Please make, please do understand that, uh, that, man, the amount of research I put into these things, I love to do the research. It's just my stuff. Um, if, you, if you have come across any information that may shed more light on this nameless county that, that they, they hope to create never happened, please tell me because, oh, that's just fun. Anyway, until next time, guys, be good.